Now, I know what you're thinking. You probably saw the title of this episode and you thought like, wait a second. I don't listen to this podcast for comic books. I'm listening to this podcast so I can hear about Superman, so I can hear about Batman, so I can hear about the Spider-Man stories that I've never heard about before. And why the fuck is this guy talking about men wrestling each other, getting all sweaty in a ring? Uh, first of all, calm down. Jesus Christ, guys. Whoa, what are we doing? We're going crazy for no reason. Second of all, let me preface this episode a little bit. So as you know, if you listen to this podcast, I love professional wrestling. Uh, and I got a message from Sean, local comic Sean who listens to this podcast. He said that it would be interesting for me to do an episode all about pro wrestling, explaining the ins and outs of my, not only my love for it, just kind of how it works. Because I think that there's a lot of people that read comic books out there that if they got into professional wrestling would realize that they are not so different and that they could love it just as much. And I know there's a stigma around it, all of that, but hopefully by the end of this episode I can get you to check out at least a match or two and just try, all right? So, or hopefully, you know, really the goal of this, not even to watch an episode or in a, in a, in a match or anything like that, the goal of my of this episode right here that you're listening to is for me to fucking carry you to the end. You'll listen to an entire episode about me talking about pro wrestling and it won't be boring at all. That's kind of the, the parameter I'm setting here. I really want anyone who's listening to this, whether you know pro wrestling or not, I just hope you make it to the end. You know, you'll give me an hour, probably less, to ramble about this thing that you probably don't care about. Maybe realize that there's something that interests you, you know, that kind of thing. That's, that's I mean, that's always been the goal of this podcast, but this week we're really branching out, talking about <clears throat> things, holy shit, talking about things way different from comic books, way different from movies or TV shows, video games. I'm talking about pro wrestling this week, man. Because, my God, is there a lot to talk about, not only that happened this week, but just in general, there's so much to talk about pro wrestling-wise. Um... Where do I begin? I mean, so, pro wrestling, if you haven't seen it before, I mean, everyone I think, I, I thought this was true, um, and apparently it isn't, because I, I had to ask around, I thought every kid, at least every boy in America, had some level of pro wrestling phase when they were a kid, because when I was a kid, I remember I being six years old, and flipping through the television, I, I didn't have cable on my TV in my room, so I was flipping through the select channels I did have, and I saw a giant steel cage, and two gigantic men jumping off either side of the cage, landing on the floor at the exact same time. And from that moment in 2007, when I was six years old, I saw Batista and The Undertaker, and I was hooked. I mean, it was like everything I liked about superheroes and comic books, just in live action, big men who are live, live these larger-than-life characters fighting each other over, you know, who wants to be best, or who they think is the best. That's always what's been exciting about wrestling to me. It's kind of Part of my love for it, I think, does go back to the comic book aspect of it, where they fight for these, you know, grandiose things like respect, or, you know, they fight for their morals, and they fight for all these things. They fight for the championships. And at the end of the day, they are exaggerated characters, much like Superman or Batman is, you know? But they're real people. They're rock stars, and they go out on stage every week. They sacrifice their fucking livelihood. You know, they could die in that ring at any moment. Somebody could mess something up, and you're dead. Or you break it, you're broken your neck, and you'll never wrestle again. You've broken your neck, and you'll never walk again. That kind of thing, that kind of sacrifice, that's always been so intrinsic to my love for this because I just have so much respect for anybody that goes out there and does that. There's so many layers to it that I respect. I respect the hustle. You know, these guys get up every single day, early as fuck. They work until super late, you know, physically exerting themselves all day, whether they're in the gym or in the ring. Then they got to go drive to the next place because they got to do it again tomorrow. 
that's insane. I don't like. There's no people on the planet. There's no sport that has a schedule quite like pro wrestling. When you're on the move, 52 weeks a year, you don't really get a break. Like, you know, uh, football and all these other sports get off seasons. Wrestling doesn't have an off season because they're supposed to be characters larger than life. <clears throat> I respect like the fact that they can even go out there and talk to a crowd. You know, they'll talk to tens of thousands of people with no fear in their voice or no fear in their eyes. And then, you know, they have to go perform in front of all those people. And I feel like I can't even talk to ten people at once, usually. Like, if I'm in a class, I have to say something. I just freeze up a lot of the time. These people are performing in front of hundreds of thousands of people, talking directly to them with a microphone. Meanwhile, you know, they're getting all this this feedback back. They're getting cheers and boos and chants and all this stuff. It's incredibly, it's a skill they have to, you know, um, what's it called? Communicate with the crowd properly. It is a skill they have, um, and like I said, I just respect the, uh, the the shows they put on, like how they sacrifice their bodies every single time they go out there, the moves they do, the the cardio they have. These people will be wrestling for hours straight. I just have so much respect for these people that it just I don't get why people wouldn't. And I know that it's you know there's there's larger things. People don't care. People you know I'm not saying that everyone has to care, but at the very least, I think everyone should give them the respect they deserve because they're doing that. They're out there performing fucking magic tricks, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know how they do it. <clears throat> but um, I'm trying to think of where to start with wrestling. Um, Sean <laughs> recommended that I. Wow, I'm getting an I recommend for I recommend. Uh, Sean recommended that I go over like what's big in wrestling now, storylines and all that shit. So that way, if you want to jump in. Right now, you can do it because we're currently on the road to WrestleMania. The Royal Rumble was this past Sunday. Um, actually, this past Saturday. I forget they changed the fucking days now. Um, and so Sean recommended that I go over, like, you know, wh what's big, who the big people are, what the big factions are, all that stuff. So I guess I will start there. Um, the main person that you need to know in order to get into wrestling today, mostly, by the way, I'll, I'll preface this, mostly I'm going to be talking about the WWE I like professional wrestling on the larger scale. I pay attention to Tia. To, what is that? It's on. It's on TNT, isn't it? What is it? AEW. That's embarrassing. I pay attention to AEW. I pay attention to New Japan Pro Wrestling, but I'm not really. I don't really have the ins and outs of that of those companies specifically. Like I, I would say I have WWE. So for the and you know for all intents and purposes in this episode, I'm going to be speaking about World Wrestling Entertainment, the company that Vince McMahon. <sighs> God, every time I say his name on this podcast, the company that Vince McMahon grew has fucking thrown under the bus. I don't have to talk about Vince McMahon. Um, let me get back on topic. The main person that you have to know going into wrestling today is a guy by the name of Roman Reigns. <clears throat> so Roman Reigns is currently the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion of the world. And what that means is, Usually in wrestling, WWE, there are two belts, two main event belts. There's the WWE Championship, and recently, in the past, what is it, seven years old now, they introduced the Universal Championship. Roman Reigns has both belts. He is the reigning, defending, undisputed champion on both fronts. He beat Brock Lesnar last year at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship. Meanwhile, he has had the Universal Championship for nearly 900 days now. So he's up there in all-time rankings. He's, I think they say he's like fourth all-time with the belt. He is the fourth longest reign ever. And, you know, there are certain reigns that are never going to be beat. There's people like Bruno San Martino back in the 60s who held the belt for like 2,000 days. 
Records like that will never be beat. They're not just they're just not feasible today. So for all intents and purposes, in the modern age of wrestling, Roman Reigns is the longest reigning champion in the history of professional wrestling in, in WWE. Again, I don't really know if that holds up to like a scale when you compare New Japan. I don't know if people have held the belts for longer. They probably have. Same with AEW. AEW probably isn't even 900 days old in general. No, it is. It's it is actually. It's like three years old now. So, but you know they're 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 recent enough that where the belts aren't being held for thousands of days on end. Um, so Roman Reigns is the main main guy to look at, and he is the he is the head honcho, what they call the head of the table of this faction called the Bloodline. So what the Bloodline is, um, in wrestling again specifically WWE there is like this royal family this of, of Samoans it's where the rock comes from there's a guy named Rikishi he comes from there there's uh, Yokozuna back in the day came from this royal you know Samoan family the rocks um, his dad was not part of the family but his dad was a wrestler so it's like this royal family of wrestlers of you know the Samoan bloodline and that's why the faction is called the bloodline and it contains Roman Reigns' cousins who are the Usos the sons of Rikishi who I just mentioned there's a third Uso named uh Solo he is also the son of Rikishi but he's not a twin there's the the two Usos I mentioned prior are twins Jimmy and Jay and then there's Solo Paul Heyman who I mean, what does there even say about Paul Heyman? Paul Heyman used to be the owner of this uh, wrestling company in Philadelphia called e, uh, ECW, Entertainment or no, uh, Extreme Championship Wrestling. And then he sold ECW to WWE. Now he works for WWE. He's worked there for a long time. He's usually like a manager. And what I mean by a manager, if you don't know what that means in wrestling, is he's like the mouthpiece for uh, for the champion a lot of the time. Usually he works with Brock Lesnar. I'm assuming you know, if you're listening to this, who Brock Lesnar is. If you don't, give him a Google. You probably recognize him. He was a UFC champion. He's one of the best, you know, WWE champions ever. He's fucking insane. He's probably the strongest guy on the planet. Pat McAfee, who is runs commentary for uh, WWE sometimes, said that he is the alpha male of our species, which I actually agree with. If aliens came to Earth tomorrow, the person I would trust the most to defend our, our planet would probably be Brock Lesnar. Um... <clears throat> But anyway, so Brock Lesnar usually used to work with Paul Heyman. Now Paul Heyman's part of the bloodline. Um, and then you have this guy right now who rose up the ranks of the bloodline, who is not a member of the family named Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn was a wrestler in other wrestling companies uh, like Ring of Honor, this independent wrestling circuit. Uh, his name was El Generico. He's a Canadian wrestler. He went to WWE probably eight years ago or so. And now he's, you know, he's renamed and repackaged Sami Zayn, and he's risen up the ranks. And Sami Zayn has always been an excellent wrestler and an excellent talker. But what's happened recently is that he has joined the bloodline, not part of the family, and the storyline is pretty much about how he's, like, being abused by them or not accepted. Him trying to win acceptance into the bloodline while not being blood is kind of the main crux of the Sami Zayn storyline that's been going on since, I would say, June of last year. But it's really kicked in overdrive since around October. Sami Zayn has been pushed around by Roman Reigns. He's been pushed around by the Usos. He's gained their respect. He's lost their respect. And recently, at the Royal Rumble, Sami Zayn completely turned on Roman Reigns. <clears throat> My hope is that when I explain these storylines to you, you, you don't just get the context for this storyline, but you kind of realize how in-depth these wrestling storylines can be, and maybe you want to check it out. That's, that's kind of what I'm going for. So I'm going to explain this one bloodline storyline in as much clarity and depth as I can explaining all the people and hopefully you realize that 
there are a lot of wrestling storylines with this much depth and emotion. So what happened at the Royal Rumble is that Sami Zayn... So, okay, Roman Reigns is a champion, like I said. He was defending it against this guy named Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, on the independent circuit, was this wrestler named Kevin Steen. Him and El Generico, now Sami Zayn, were best friends. They've known each other for 20 years. They've, they've been, you know, they were, they were Canadian wrestlers together, Canadian independent wrestlers together, who both signed to WWE around the same time. And they've both risen up in the ranks around the same time. So KO and, and Sami Zayn, they've been best friends forever. But in the storyline, now KO is fighting Roman Reigns. He's fighting the bloodline. So you have this level of uncertainty. Is Sami Zayn going to prove himself to the bloodline by abandoning his ties with Kevin Owens? Does he still care about Kevin Owens? Or is Kevin, um, or is Sami Zayn like going to you know, betray his old best friend, the person he's known for 20 years now, to prove his worth to the tribal chief, Roman Reigns, the head of the table? I don't know if I called him tribal chief yet. They call him the tribal chief, um, as well as calling him the head of the table. So that was the storyline going into the Royal Rumble. And it was excellent because... Like I said, there's all this shared history between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens that has been built up over years. Like, they just have that history together. So when this storyline came together, where you have Kevin Owens cha uh, challenging Roman Reigns for the title, you have Sami Zayn in Roman Reigns' corner, who's kind of being torn in half. You know, do I abandon my old best friend, or do I accept this new position in the bloodline? And what do I do? The bloodline doesn't respect me, but Sam, but Kevin Owens now wants nothing to do with me. And you kind of, you know, in real time, watch Sami Zayn get ripped apart emotionally. Meanwhile, he's being accepted by the Usos. He had to fight for Jey Uso's respect, and now he's earned it. So what does he do if he betrays Roman? Does he still have Jey's respect? And what does Jey do now having accepted Sami as his brother? All that kind of stuff was going into the storyline at, uh, at Royal Rumble. So come Royal Rumble Sunday, um, Sami Zayn is in Roman Reigns' corner. Roman Reigns cheats, and he beats uh, Kevin Owens. And then he gets his boys out, the Usos, and they, they torture him in the ring. That's the best way I could say to what they do to Kevin Owens. They handcuff him to the ropes, and they super kick him repeatedly, like a dozen times in the head. And then Roman Reigns gives Sami Zayn a chair, and he tells him to, to like pretty much kill uh, uh, Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn refuses. He starts crying. Kevin, uh, fucking Roman Reigns pushes him around, you know, why are you crying for, you know, calling him like a bitch, pretty much. And then Sami Zayn makes his decision, and he hits Roman Reigns in the back with a steel chair, betraying the bloodline, and, I mean, the crowd went wild. There's this, in wrestling, when the crowd, you know, cheers, or when they yell, when they scream, it's called a pop. And the pop, when Sami Zayn hit Roman Reigns with that chair, was generational. It was a once- in a, in, like, I, I, you don't get pops like that often. And the reason is because, you know, you need the storyline that people are invested in that builds those reactions in the audience. Sami Zayn has been the storyline. People love Sami Zayn. And so the pop, when he hit him with that chair, was just... They blew the roof off that place. There were 50,000 people in attendance, and I don't think a single one of them was silent when Sami hit uh, Roman with that chair. I'm going to see if I can play the pop now. Hopefully it'll come through on the audio properly, but... Just listen to this. That is the sound of 50,000 people all getting their collective prayers answered with Sami Zayn turning on Roman Reigns. It was, I mean, I have a video of my reaction to it where I just, I mean, I couldn't fucking believe it. It was so well done. Then what happens, Jey Uso 
uh, is standing there screaming at, at, at Sammy. He's like, you were supposed to be brothers. Like, why would you do this? Jimmy and Solo then beat up uh, Sammy, and Jay leaves. Jay doesn't beat up Sammy. He doesn't lay a finger on him. He leaves. He leaves the ring. He rolls out, and he just walks away. And you know what I mean? That's that's character work right there. What that does is that shows Jay at, with whole new layers. You know, he doesn't want to hurt Sammy. He cares about the bloodline. It's his fucking family. But he's grown to accept this new guy as his friend. And he maybe can understand why he hit Roman with that chair. Because Roman Reigns has become like this tyrannical figure. It's excellent. It's just excellent storytelling. Like, if you were to put those emotions and that kind of storytelling into a film, it would win a fucking Oscar. It was so fucking good now the repercussions of this will be felt uh friday on smackdown uh wwe usually holds two weekly shows raw and smackdown monday night raw friday night smackdown um where usually on monday night raw they focus on more mid-card stuff so what i mean by that is there's low card mid card and then you know the top of the card the lower card stuff is like mini uh, like smaller feuds you know they call them job jobbers are there jobber if you know the word jabroni, the rock invented that word. A jobber is someone who just loses. His only his entire job in wrestling is just to lose to make other people look better. So jobber is usually on the bottom scale, you know, the the bottom tier, uh, bottom of the card. That's what I'm looking for. Mid carders, you have mid card championships like the uni- uh, not the universal, the intercontinental championship. Um, you get the United States championship. Unfortunately, a lot of the women's stuff takes place on the mid card, but then you have. The, the high card, you have the top of the card, which is the, the Universal Championship, the Raw Women's Championship, the SmackDown Women's Championship. A lot of those, you know, take place on the higher end of the card. So usually Monday Night Raw is dealing with the mid-card stuff. Friday Night SmackDown is dealing almost exclusively these days in Roman Reigns and his family disputes. Um, and, you know, more so recently, Sami Zayn and his family disputes. Um, so, with the, you know, we don't know the, exactly the consequences of what happened on Saturday will be when we'll know on Friday, uh, at, you know, on SmackDown. But, yeah, man, I mean, it was just beautiful. It was so well done. So, that's kind of the Bloodline storyline right now. But there's another storyline that is being built right now, and it has to. Re- it revolves around this guy named Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, who, okay, so... I've said okay soak a couple of times in this episode already, haven't I? And only 20 minutes in. Whatever. Um, Cody Rhodes is the son of this old school wrestler named uh, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, if you've seen him, he's wear, he wears polka, he used to wear polka dots to the ring, black and white, uh, not black and white, black and yellow polka dots to the ring. He looked like a bumblebee, but he he killed it. I think he was supposed to wear that as a punishment or something, but he killed it, and it became like this iconic look for him. He doesn't fit a traditional wrestling mold. He's a bigger guy. He's not very, like, lean or tall or anything like that. And people loved him. I mean, he was, like, this really humble, down-to-earth wrestling character. And a big thing about Dusty Rhodes is that he never won any WWE championship. He never won, like, the main event championships, the... um. The big belts. They have a name for those belts. World Championships. He's never won any World Championships. Now you have his son, Cody Rhodes. He has another son named Dustin Rhodes, and he was a character in wrestling called uh, Gold Dust. If you want to look up Gold Dust for a fun time, just look up Gold Dust. Um, but Cody Rhodes now used to work for WWE. He worked for WWE back in like 2008, 9. He worked probably from 2009 to 2015 or so. And he was always relegated to the mid-card. He had, you know, extraordinary talent. He's a great wrestler, but he never really connected with the audience in any, like, you know, um, 
tangible way where they could give him like a main event run or anything like that. Then he is unhappy with his creative position in WWE, so he quits. He goes around the world, wrestles in Japan, wrestles everywhere, and forms a company, helps to form a company that would be a competitor to WWE. This company would then be go on uh, go on to be called AEW. You know, we have the AEW Dynamite on Tuesdays. Uh, no, actually on Wednesdays. But the main thing to kind of note about that is that AEW is a competitor of WWE. They they run a you know a competitive show. They run a show that's supposed to be like an alternative to World Wrestling Entertainment. And Cody Rhodes, like I just said, was a main person in building this company. He invested in it. He built this company up. So now Cody Rhodes has quit AEW. He's back at WWE. He won the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble, again, if you don't know, is a 30-man competition where there are, are 30 entrants, two people start in the ring, and then in 90-second intervals, other people join the ring, uh, join the match. And the only way to win is for when all 30 have come and entered to eliminate uh, people by throwing them over the top rope. So you throw someone over the top rope, and they're eliminated from the match. And it and you know you continue doing that until there's one person remaining, and that person wins the Royal Rumble. And what they get as a reward for winning the Royal Rumble is a main event match at WrestleMania. They get to challenge the current champion, uh, whoever that is, in the main event of WrestleMania. That's what you get for winning the Royal Rumble. Cody Rhodes returns, wins the Royal Rumble, so now they're building Cody Rhodes versus um, Roman Reigns. And this is an interesting storyline, I think, because Cody Rhodes uh, yesterday, Monday Night Raw, yesterday for me, two days ago for you, uh, on Monday Night Raw, called out Roman, and he said all these... It was kind of a... I thought it was an excellent promo where he says, like, you know, after... I think it's 61 days until WrestleMania or something like that. And he says, like, in 61 days, you know, you can be the tribal chief, you can be the head of the table, but the one thing you won't be is champion. And I just, I I didn't get goosebumps, but I was, like, really feeling Cody. And it's an interesting thing because Cody Rhodes is kind of entering this main event picture at a time where a lot of people want it to be Sami Zayn. A lot of people have kind of put their, you know, all their eggs in the Sami Zayn basket. They want Sami Zayn to main event WrestleMania. They want Sami Zayn to take the belts from Roman because Roman Reigns has not been pinned in a match since 2019. So whoever eventually pins Roman is like, you know, they will get the push of a lifetime. They will take those belts from him. They will end this historic run. It needs to be the right person. And they've built storylines like I never... So far in his entire run as champion, I have not bet against Roman Reigns once. I have not thought he was going to lose. There have been opportunities for him to lose, I'm sure, like uh, Drew McIntyre, who was a Scottish wrestler. They they held an event in Wales, and so that was an event where they really realistically could have given it to Drew because he had it would have been like a once in a lifetime moment where you have sixty thousand people in the UK, you have a UK star who has like the entire crowd, you know, foaming at the mouth for him to win that belt so they can, you know, crown him as king pretty much. And he didn't win. And again, I, I didn't bet against him. Well, I didn't bet against Roman, I mean. Like I thought he was gonna win that match. And I was right. I have not bet against Roman once, but going into WrestleMania, Cody Rhodes against Roman Reigns, that will be the first time I bet against Roman because I think it's gonna happen. I think we're kind of watching the deterioration of the bloodline in in like you know, very slowly, but I think we're watching it happen. I think we've seen Sami Zayn rip away, um, you know, rip away any bit of trust that Roman has left. Uh, we've seen him rip away Jay Uso. Jay Uso's now left the bloodline. So we're going to see this version of Roman without the bloodline, and we're going to see Cody Rhodes, I think, I think really what the storyline is, is that 
Sami Zayn is like the spark that's going to light the Cody Rhodes fire, and Cody Rhodes will burn the bloodline down. And I think that's what's really exciting about this going into WrestleMania, is we have these two major stories intersecting. I think Sami can fight Roman. He's probably going to lose, but he won't take the belts, but he will like weaken Roman enough for Cody Rhodes to then swoop in and take the belts and have this massive coronation as like the new hero. He's slain the beast that has held that belt hostage for 800, nearly 900 days. It's going to be a fucking fantastic story. It's going to be like legendary stuff. It's going to be like history making to watch that reign finally end. And I'm so excited to see it because I love Roman Reigns. I love the head of the table. I love the bloodline and all of this. But, you know, the Empire eventually had to crumble. The Roman Empire eventually had to crumble. And I think they're picking the right two guys, assuming that Roman doesn't win, because he he still might. Um, I think they're picking the right guys to do it. Um, yeah, pro wrestling. Women's wrestling, by the way. There's, you know, I'm talking about the male side of, of wrestling right now, but they, there's the entire women's stuff, which also, I mean, there's no people I respect more on the planet than professional women, female professional wrestlers. I just think, like, they go out there, they, were, they work as hard as the men, they're almost more impressive than them. Like, you have people like Bailey and Rhea Ripley, Becky Lynch, and um, her, you know, uh, ba- Bailey's got an entire crew called the Damage Control, which is Dakota Kai and Io. They call her Io Sky now, but I'm, it's always going to roll off the tongue. I'm always going to call her Io Shirai. But you have Asuka, who is now fucking crazy, the Empress of Tomorrow. And they do excellent work. They do fantastic work always. And I don't know if they really get the appreciation that they really deserve. Like, people still give them the respect that they got or that they deserve more than they used to. I mean, it used to be like women's wrestling was one match a card, and that would be entirely it. You know, it would be like a bra and panties match that would go for five minutes, and it would just—it wouldn't be about wrestling at all. It'd be more about like showing off these people that they hired, and they—they they used to hire supermodels and not wrestlers. You know, that's a whole different thing. But you know, nowadays they—they they go out there, they wrestle their fucking asses off, and they kill it every single time. Rhea Ripley right now is the top woman in that company. She is going. She's God. The phase of Rhea Ripley that we're at right now, which is. And like, if you don't listen, if you don't know pro wrestling, this is going to sound so weird, but she's currently in her mommy phase, M-A-M-I, because, um, God, how do I even begin? So there's a, there's a guy named Dominic Mysterio, who is the son of Rey Mysterio. You've probably heard of Rey Mysterio, even if you don't really know wrestling. Um, and Dominic has turned heel. Oh, by the way, that's, that's another thing. If you ever heard me say face turn, heel turn, someone's turned heel, someone's turned face, those are wrestling terms. Heel means the bad guy. The heel is the bad guy in wrestling. The baby face is the good guy in wrestling. So John Cena was a prime baby face, and um, Randy Orton's a prime heel, right? So if you ever heard me on a hero story or anything like that, describe a character or describe an arc or say, like, they turned heel or that I want them to turn heel, I'm talking about, I'm talking in wrestling terms, I want them to turn evil, or I want them to turn face, I want them to turn good, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, Dominic turned heel, he joined this faction uh, of, like, demon cultic worshippers that had this guy named Finn Balor and Damian Priest in it, and Rhea Ripley as well. Rhea Ripley is, like, currently, like, evil. (laughs) Like, I don't even know how to describe it other than she's just plainly pure evil right now. Um... And so she kind of took on Dominic under her wing, and she's currently in her mommy phase because that's what Dominic calls her. M-A-M-I, not M-O-M-M-Y. Doesn't really matter because they still call her mommy, but, you know, whatever. Rhea 
is doing the best work of her career. She's connecting with the audience in a way that like she hasn't before. I think it's because they're really letting her be herself. Like she's, she knows who she is. She knows how to connect with the audience. She's like a badass, but she's also like, and I think this is a big part of her character right now is that she's incredibly hot and attractive. And I think people are really connecting with that and she knows it. So she knows how to like connect with the audience in that way. It's crazy. If you, if you want to look up anything in wrestling right now, just kind of track Rhea Ripley and her career. She's on top of the world. She won the Women's Royal Rumble, and she's going to challenge uh, Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania in like a rematch because a couple years ago, Charlotte beat Rhea at WrestleMania for the title. I think uh, I think Rhea has that match in the bag, and I think it's going to be an excellent match. I mean, I'm very excited. It looks like Asuka, who is, like I mentioned earlier, the Empress of Tomorrow, that's her nickname, is going to challenge Bianca Belair, um, who is the current Raw Women's Champion. I think Raw Women's Champion. Um... We don't know that yet. I just assume that's going to be the WrestleMania match because that seems like the biggest match they can build for WrestleMania right now. Either way, I think it's going to be fantastic. I mean, they're excellent wrestlers, so even if it's Bianca versus someone else, Bianca's an excellent wrestler. She'll, you know, she could have a good match with a, with a, um, with a broom. So, yeah, um, you know, I don't really need to take this episode into like an hour-long territory or anything like that. I think I can kind of end it here. I've given my opinions about wrestling. I've kind of, I'm kind of hoping now that if you know nothing about pro wrestling, you've hopefully come into this episode with a full mind. Hopefully, you're at this point in the episode, and maybe just watch a match. Like, if I could recommend a single match, watch. Uh, so, okay, the WWE Network used to be its own app, but now it's on Peacock. So, if you have Peacock, you have access to the entire backlog of every show WWE's ever put on. So you can watch anything there. But a lot of the times, WWE will just upload a lot of their matches for free on YouTube. So if you want to, and, and also they have highlights and clips and stuff like that. So you can go down this rabbit hole of watching clips of WWE. You know, there's one recently, Sami Zayn smashes Roman Reigns over the back with a chair. You know, that's got like millions of views. But like I said, they will also f- uh, fully put on full matches on, on the website. So we have matches like the five hours ago, that's not on the website, on, on YouTube. Uh, five hours ago, Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre, WWE Hell in a Cell match. That's 30 minutes. It's a good match. But if I'm going to recommend you one match to watch for free on YouTube, I'm going to say that what you should watch is the match that took place on the Saturday of WrestleMania 38 last year, Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. If you look up full match, Cody Rhodes versus Seth freaking Rollins, WrestleMania 38 Sunday, it's a 30-minute match. It's got uh, a million views. It might have, I believe it has Cody Rhodes' entrance in it, which is a big thing because Cody Rhodes was returning. It was like a surprise that he was there to fight Seth Rollins. Fantastic match. Even I might even recommend Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins in a Hell in a Cell. This match is famous if you look it up because Cody Rhodes had a torn pec during this match. He wrestled the entire match with a torn pectoral. If you look it up, there's a picture, the entire video of him, you know, his pec is just entirely purple. It's kind of disgusting looking, but he wrestles a five-star match, a literal five-star classic in that, in with a torn pec. So if you, you know... Like I said, if you want to watch any free wrestling match on YouTube, those exist. Those are out there. And and like I said, for free. Um, there's a lot of ways you can watch wrestling for free. If you have Peacock, like I said, you have the entire back ca- uh, catalog of WWE. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of ways to kind of get into it. And again, if you want any more specific kind of recommendations, just shoot me a DM or anything like that. 
and and I'll be happy to because again I love pro wrestling and uh, I really like when people start to watch it more. There's a lot of good women's matches you can watch. Like I, I'm not really finding any as I'm scrolling right now on YouTube, but there are excellent ones that you can seek out. Um, if you can try to find an NXT women's war game match, those are fantastic matches. I love those. Look them up. Find a random one. Usually they're all good. And yeah, kind of stick with it. See if you can if you can get through it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. That's that's all it is. But I'm asking, just give it a chance. You know, just just give it a chance. That's all I got for this week, guys. Uh, I hope you like this episode. Like I said, I hope you're at least at this point in the episode. Um, and if you like this kind of detour from the regular format where I'm not talking about uh, comic books or anything like that, shoot me a shoot me a message or you know leave a review. Do whatever you need. I just, I kind of like, I just like talking. Like I said, I just like hearing the sound of my own voice. And it seems you guys do too. So I'm wondering if I can just talk about anything on this podcast and you guys will listen. I can recommend anything and you guys will listen. If that's true, let me know. If it's not and you kind of thought this episode was a stretch, again, let me know that too. Just want to kind of experiment around. Uh, because why not? Because I can. So anyway, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Give a review if you want. Uh, shoot me a DM. Whatever. I appreciate all the messages I get. A lot of people really like this podcast and I'm really happy about that because I'm kind of I just, it's it's nice to have an outlet where I can talk about things other than comic books. Or like even with comic books, I can go more in depth about why I like these certain things instead of just saying that I do. Um, but yeah, uh, it's great. It's always great, you know, putting out these episodes. Um, I'll be back next week with another topic. And yeah, I love you guys. And uh, thanks for listening.